Hi everybody and welcome to the Christmas Eve version of Short Term Memory. My name's Jack. Hi, my name's Colin. Merry Christmas, Jack. Yes, Merry Christmas. Looking forward? I am, yeah. It's a bit of a, an odd Christmas. Many people aren't going to see their loved ones. They're not going to get to see all the people they would normally see. However, because we only live a street away from each other, I might take a wee wander down and see you on Christmas Day and pull a cracker, mate. So, Merry Christmas indeed. Yeah, that's it. That's it, mate. Uh, Christmas, I decided to pick something really Christmassy. Um, and it's <laughs> basically airplane hijacking. So, um, <laughs> on Christmas Eve back in 1994, Air France Flight 8696 was hijacked. In 1999, there was an Indian airline Flight 814 was also hijacked. Not going to quite take a deep dive into them, but we're going to take a look at a guy called D.B. Cooper, or at least that's his pseudonym anyway. Back in... 1971, basically hijacked an airplane, got a bunch of cash, jumped out and fucking poof, disappeared into the air, mate. Do you know much about D.B. Cooper, apart from... Tell me. I don't know I don't know that much about him. I know a little bit of the legacy of him because, through pop culture basically, because there was a character in Prison Break who was rumoured to be D.B. Cooper. Well, it was D.B. Cooper, but no, because he gave him the... It wasn't that, yeah. Well, he ended up having the money, didn't he? In the end, so I mean, he gave him the note with the serial number on it, yeah, yeah. So it was DB Cooper, yeah, yeah. And also in Mad Men, there was there was a mad fan theory at one point that that uh, Don Draper was was DB Cooper. Um, obviously, it it wasn't, he he was somebody else, but that when nobody really knew who Don really was, that was a popular fan theory at the time as well. And because I was obsessed with Mad Men, I kind of looked a little bit into the DB Cooper thing, but. I don't think I even scratched the surface of it, looking at some of the facts and the information you've found out about it. Yeah, but I've not actually found out that much about it because um, this is literally from Wikipedia for Kids. Like, I could have took a much deeper dive into it, but we're not going to because we've only got 10 minutes, mate. Um, this seems bizarre to think about the security nowadays, but at that time, airline passengers, they weren't searched before they got on the plane or nothing. Like... Just like I, on you go. It's it's crazy. Like when you think back to what it was like to travel by air. Like I, I went on a football trip uh, to watch my team going abroad, and I walked through the airport and onto the stadium. Uh, sorry, onto the onto the plane with two glass bottles of uh, Mary Down cider. Like uh, uh. now you can't take a bottle of water through with you. Uh, it's it's mad. It's, it's so different now. It's it, lines are paid in the arse. Yeah, it's it's too. Create an aura of safety. It's to make you feel safe. It's yeah, not. It's not. It's not actually doing anything. It's not that much safer. Yeah, you go through these fucking X-ray machines where people can like, <laughs> literally see your balls dangling about. But it's just to create this aura of safety, basically, to make you feel safe. Totally, it's it's a fucking nonsense of a thing. But we're stuck with it. It's been that way now since what two thousand and one. It's not going to change now, is it? Nah, it's probably just going to get worse. I mean, like when they are stopping mothers, like with um, what do you call those bo- uh, bottles, bobos, basically with milk in it and saying how you're not allowed that. Well, get thirsty at some point. Nah. Don't care. Fuck you. You're not allowed on. It might be. It might be a bomb. It could be a bomb. It could be. You never know. But I mean, the next one's going to be. You're going to have to have a separate passport to say you've been vaccinated. That'll be the next one, mate. That's going to be a separate queue at the airport, I bet you. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, um, this guy carried a fucking bomb onto the plane, but um, and in Portland and Washington, and eventually uh, got a ransom payment of two hundred thousand dollars from the airplane, um, which was a Boeing seven two seven. If anybody's interested, which uh, nobody is. Um, uh, when he jumped, <laughs> the airplane was in uh, sort of Pacific Northwest um, over sort of woodland, so. They kind of think he died, basically. Like that—that's quite a popular theory. You, you will have heard yeah. that one. That uh, he never survived, but they've still not found his body or the money. So it's a strange one. I think somebody was somebody was down there, and he basically just landed dead, and they've basically won the lottery. They've just thought, look at all this money. I'm I'm off for this now. Somebody's got that money. It's not just disappeared. Somebody's got. Somebody must have got it. Yeah, like there's been hundreds and hundreds throughout the years, but there's never been any sort of actual setting of stone evidence that it was him or it wasn't him. Um that says the FBI don't think he survived the jump, but you well where maybe if you land in water, I suppose. Yeah, if you land in water you might struggle, but even then, like you would you would leave some sort of a trace. There would be some evidence of you landing there or being there. So there must be something. You would you would think there'd be something, but um, it's what makes the case more famous is its lack of evidence. Basically, um, there have been a, a few sort of popped up over the years, and then nineteen seventy eight, so seven years after. This cunt jumped out of the plane. Um, there was a placard found which had instructions on how to lower the rear, rear stage seven. Um, it was found just a, a few flagging minutes north of where this guy jumped out. Um, so they're really grasping at straws there, but like, is this bit of paper meant to have survived? Yeah, and they couldn't find his body in seven days, so aye, I'm not sure about that one. Um, I don't know. They they did find some money later on, didn't they? I think in 1980, an eight year old called Brian Ingram found almost six thousand dollars in decaying twenty dollar bills on the banks of the Columbia River. Um, how do you think you would react at the age of eight finding six grand? Well, you're eight, so you probably don't realise quite what you found because all you're thinking about is buying fucking wambals and iron I think you're doing like eight year olds in 2020 a bit of an injustice they're much more switched on than we were I think like my mum before she retired she worked in like a, a an after school care thing looking after kids whose parents were working and stuff like that and there was like more than one occasion where like parents came in and told the story to her that their kids were buying iPhones and buying Playstations and stuff like that off Amazon using the Alexa like without the, without the parents knowing about it <laughs> okay so right. these, right. these these kids are more switched on than we were at 8 I think you're right in that me and you at 8 we'd be right down oh. for golf ball chewing gums, wham bars and iron brew bars and stuff like that, these 8 year olds today they're probably trying to buy cars the wee bastards but even say you found like so even going back then um, 35 years ago or longer 6 grand that's that's even more so we're going to call it 40 grand right okay you can't hide that as a fucking 8 year old 
Nah, you can at all. Yeah, I mean, like, even like even if you hid it outside, and then you're suddenly walking about in fucking Air Jordans or whatever, even though they, <laughs> even though they were not back then. But you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you can't hide that as a child. Suddenly, you're up, you're flash, and you've got fucking soft. But your mum's going to be like, ah, uh, "Where'd you get that? Did you, did you steal that? Did you steal that?" And then scalp you about a bit. So yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, where are we? Um, there was in October 2007, the FBI thought they could get a partial DNA profile of him from a tie that he left on the hijacked plane. Yeah, like but it's... then then the FBI warehouse, I don't know what happened in it, but they lost a bunch of shit. <laughs> and um, 2007, so like, I don't know what was happening in the warehouse, but they, they, lost, they lost his DNA, basically, so even if they did find it, they couldn't compare it, it to anything. Wouldn't be help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this later on that year, um, the FBI revived this, the unclosed case. They published some never before seen sketches and fact sheets online about DB Cooper, and they did this because they thought some people might remember them and help identify them even in two thousand and seven. Um, they followed this up for another press release saying they still don't, they still believe that he didn't survive the jump, but they just want to know who he was. <laughs> and that's basically it, like because even even if the guy watched our life, um like there's a over over time you can't get like fucking put in jail for a crime. Yeah, like, it's like those because it was that long ago. Yeah, basically. Aye. So um even if he was alive, he couldn't get put in jail. I did kind of find that reasonably amusing that oh we just want to know who he is. Is it gonna make a difference? Think about it. This guy comes in and goes, "Hi, I'm DB Cooper," and it's just an old man. You're like, All "Right, cool." It's like maybe the, like that one FBI agent's case closure rate that week would be brilliant, though. Just closing a case that's been there for fucking forty odd year. Um, I suppose I could also doing that, but yeah, it's, it's it's fucking pointless. If some old bastard appears just now and says, "I'm DB Cooper," like. What what are you going to do? It's like your old man. Who cares? Basically, yeah, exactly. You, you, you've not got any teeth left, and you can't speak. Escape from Alcatraz back, sort of back then, I suppose, in the seventies as well. Like they they escaped from Alcatraz again. The FBI seemed to think that they died in the waters, but if they were to come forward, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like yeah, totally. Like. It's nonsense. Because what it's, what they what they have been doing, you would imagine, since they escaped from Alcatraz, is living a really quiet life. Because if they did, they make it caught. So yeah, that just makes perfect sense. That's that's exactly what they're doing. So they're not even going to tell you the story anyway. They just don't. They probably wouldn't want anything to do with you. Um, they they found some other possible clues in two thousand and eight, didn't they? They found a torn, tangled portion of parachute. Um, however, a couple of months later, they said that that was not his, his parachute. Yeah, it was like the wrong material, I think, or something. Yeah, you would think that they seemed to, the DB Cooper seems to give the FBI a hard on, right? Because as soon as they find out something, press release time, get us out, tell the news. And then a month or so later, they end up looking like idiots, saying, actually, we were wrong. Yeah, this wasn't even like, it wasn't even close. The parachute that they found was silk, which was like from the 1940s, whereas the the parachute that he would have been wearing at the time would have been nylon. So it's not even close. It's like getting things completely wrong. And like you said, mate, they're just totally jumping the gun, getting all excited, get 
and busting a nut and then just feeling sad after it, you know. So. They normally the criminal laws cannot work against people years after their crimes, like you said, because yeah. of the, the statute of limitations. That's, uh, however, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah, there was a grand jury put together in Portland um, in 1976 who were obviously bitter about this whole thing and they basically charged D.B. Cooper with crimes back then um, so that if he was ever found he probably would go to jail because he's been found guilty of crimes but they don't actually have him to put him in jail Alright, so okay, is that what they done, they, the sneaky bastards? Yeah, um, they found him guilty in his absence so that if they ever do catch him Say, oh, we've caught you. Oh, by the way, you owe us 20 years for this. So, right, okay. All the time with people then? It's probably really expensive like, to do all these court cases for people you're probably never going to find half of them. Mm-hmm. But that, that just seems like a, a massive loophole. Just get a judge to sit down and go, like, right, with murder. And then once we find them, I've already charged them, basically. Okay. It just seems. It's very backwards. Um, this <laughs> guy, I I like to think um, that he. You know, I'm a, a a fan of the anti-hero basically. So hopefully this guy jumped out of plane with all that money and lived a fucking a brilliant life. I kind of yeah, think he did die. Cool. Like if, if he found money, then I think he's fucked. You know, it's like minus. 60 degrees up there when you jump out a plane it's pitch black nah I think he's dead but the, get... the last thing last thing I'll say on him Jack is if he did survive fair play to him I hope he's had a great old life and if he's listening send us an email hello at wrongtermemory.com and tell us how it's been what you've been doing yeah, love to tell, from you tell your pals rate subscribe all that shit that people have stopped doing weeks and weeks and months ago but Telling you anyway to yeah, I still check it every day, guys. So just put me in my misery. Get get those get those um, comments in. Get those feedbacks. Give us those reviews. Tell us everything. We want we want to hear from you. And have a fucking brilliant Christmas. Ho ho ho. ho.